Hello viewers, once again it's me, Erwin Norman, and this is my channel, It Pays to Fear God. This is where we learn about God, His beloved Son, Jesus Christ, and their kingdom purpose, the three most important subjects that we can ever learn about, talk about, or discuss in the entire Holy Bible, according to John chapter 17, verse 3. These subjects that I have prepared for you and myself today is captioned, Will You Go to Heaven? However, before I get into that, we are once again going to hear a tune that some of us might enjoy. And while that tune is playing, you can go ahead and subscribe and also click the notification bell so that you can be the first to come when we make our next video. Once again, the subject that I have prepared for you and myself today is captioned, Will You Go to Heaven? Most of Christianity in these last days is based on the idea that once Jesus Christ will come in the presence of the Lord, as most people believe, Jesus Christ will come in a cloud and everything, and then he will rapture us into heaven and some people have other disputes on whether the wicked will live on the earth or the earth will be destroyed or whatever else they think because of course there are so many beliefs on the rapture that they think is going to happen but we really have to ask ourselves is that rapture exactly going to happen did the bible really tell us that all of us are going to be going to heaven does that match the stories does that match what God actually wants for his children? Does that match the way God lives his life generally? And really, does that even match logic? Well, that is what I'm going to be discussing in this video. Before I really get into anything biblical, I just want to start off with some analogies to sort of warm up our minds a bit, considering this subject. Starting off with, when a man, for example, wants to buy a house, and the house, as many modern houses have master bedrooms, sometimes even equipped with master washrooms too. When the man buys the house, does the man give the children the master bedroom, or does he reserve the master bedroom for himself and his wife? I think that question is easy enough to answer. Man will reserve it for them himself and his wife and then the other bedrooms that the house is equipped with will be given to the children even pets if they have any etc whichever way but usually it's the master bedroom given to the people who own the house and work for the money to buy the house or when a president wants to choose his ministers let's say because of course a president never rules alone a um, president can't just choose everybody. No, there are only certain people that will decide that the president will decide to accept into his fold. 
Not everybody can be the commander of an army either. I use these analogies to help us understand that everybody can't just go to heaven. That wouldn't really fit God's structure. And the Levites in the Old Testament were structured in this exact way. If you read Numbers chapter 3 verse 12 and chapter 8 and verses 14 and 19, we see that out of the 12 tribes of Israel that had been rescued from the land of Egypt from Exodus chapter 7 to Exodus chapter, even chapter 15, when the Egyptians came to try to bring them back and the whole story went like that, we see that God didn't just let things be like that. He wanted a tribe to join the priest and stuff to sort of rule the land, take control of the land of the people that were dwelling in it. And those people happens to be the Levites. In Numbers chapter 8, verse 14, God himself had stated, Thus shalt thou separate the Levites from among the children of Israel, and the Levites shall be mine. They were chosen to assist the, pe the people, or the priests, in keeping the temple, the sanctuary, or the tabernacle of God together, making sure that it's clean, making sure that the sacrifices were done, both for the priests themselves and also for the children of Israel, the other 11 tribes that they were supposed to be leading, which they did successfully, and that is how God wanted it. He didn't want this random structure where everybody just leads themselves the way democracy is today, etc. God wanted structure. He is a man of principle and a man of structure. If we read Malachi chapter 3, verse 6. And the way the Levites were chosen out of the 12 tribes of Israel, meaning they sort of had a more special position, especially considering their closeness to God, the heavens aren't really much different. Satan in Ezekiel chapter 28, was described as somebody who sort of had a higher position than the other angels who would follow him. If we read Matthew chapter 20 from verses 20 to 28, we see that even among the apostles, which are the only class of people that are going to heaven, as I will discuss and explain later, the mother of Zebedee had found out from Jesus' speech to her that Really, the saints are not going to be equal. Some will have more authority than others. This doesn't mean, oh, because St. Peter or St. James had important roles in the history of Christianity, those are the people. It doesn't really have anything to do with that. It is God himself that has the ultimate decision on who will sit on the right hand of Jesus and who will sit on the left, as Jesus Christ had himself told the mother of Zebedee. Or the Zebedees. If you also read Romans chapter 12, verse 4, it also talks about how the saints and the people in heaven, and also the ones on earth, like I discussed with the Levites, are not the same. And God doesn't have any competitor. It's not like democracy, the president has the other party, and there's everything that's just moving in a direction where the president might not want. God has an idea, has a plan, and all the people that rule with him supports that idea. He is the God of gods, the King of kings, and the Lord of lords. If read Psalms chapter 95, verse 3. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. 
So that was the Levites. And I use that to help explain the fact that not everybody will be going to heaven. There will be some people on earth the way the other 11 tribes of Israel were. And there are some people that will be in heaven the way the Levites and the priest was doing God's work with the stuff in Leviticus, etc. Then I have to address another thing. And that is the most popular idea of going to heaven is that because the earth will be destroyed as they understand the Bible, the righteous ones of God can't be destroyed with it. So then God is going to take them to heaven so that, of course, they can continue living. And, of course, some people even believe that God is going to take them to heaven, destroy the world, create a new one, then bring them back from heaven down to the earth, and they'll live eternally. I'm telling you, people have created their own ideas. But if read 1 John chapter 2, verse 17, talking about how the earth will pass away and Revelation chapter 21, verse 1, that doesn't mean that the earth is going to be destroyed. Neither does Isaiah chapter 65, verse 17, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 13, and Revelation chapter 21, verse 1, as I just cited, mean that God is going to destroy this world and create a new one interpreted physically. The new heavens and a new earth means a new way of living, a new authority. God is going to get rid of really the reason why the earth was wrong in the first place. It being bad because of what humanity did to it, seeking their own inventions. If we read Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 29, Psalm chapter 99 verse 8, and Psalm chapter 106 and verses 29 and 30. We see that God is not going to physically destroy this world, but he is going to rather change the things that are bad in it. Namely, slavery, wickedness, oppression, ignorance, etc. And some of these things have been talked about in Isaiah chapter 58 verse 6. If you read the whole chapter, we see that God was talking a lot about, first with the Israelites, and with Christianity and in this last days, how God was going to rescue the idea of rescuing. But specifically in verse 6, God himself had stated, Is not this the fast that I have chosen to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that ye break every yoke? What that means is God is going to change things so that people will serve one another. The way Jesus Christ did not come down to this world to be served, but to serve others. If we read Matthew chapter 20, verse 28. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. And many other places in the New Testament, while he was alive on this earth, expressed that idea when he washed the disciples' feet in John chapter 13 from verses 1 to 10. It was the same idea of, I am not to be served, but I am going to be serving others. And every righteous one of God who is going to take part in the kingdom of heaven in the future, or the kingdom of God, is also going to have to be in that condition. God is going to make a system where man is not going to be denounced by machines. The idea of man, where a Jew, for example, is not as important as a white man. A black man is just not really as valuable as a white man. All of those things 
are going to go with time. The way God sees humanity, not being a respecter of persons, if you read Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 17, and Acts chapter 10, and verses 34 and 35, is going to be the characteristics that will rule this world. There will only be one difference. One will be righteous, the other will be wicked. And that is how God is going to be looking at this world and humans themselves. If we desire chapter 13, verse 12, the kind of things that he's going to be doing, we describe there. I will make a man more precious than fine gold, even a man than the golden wet of offering. The prayer of Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter 6 and verses 9 and 10 is the same idea of God bringing his will from heaven down to the earth, which is the kingdom of God in these last days, which is going to cleanse all the wickedness and other bad stuff in these last days and make things new, creating a new heaven and a new earth. And I explained some of this in my video, The New Creation. It's about such ideas. So that's the second reason. Then the third reason, being quite similar to the one of the Levites, is where the saints, which I said I would discuss later, which I'm going to discuss now, is that Jesus Christ is going to have a cabinet. Not chosen by him, but it is an ordained piece that is going to be attached to him. It's like God is going to be choosing the ones which he is to rule along with Jesus Christ. Such people were described as the wives of Jesus Christ in Revelation chapter 14 verse 4 and chapter 19 from verses 6 to 8. And just as how the Levites were supposed to and did assist the priest in the sacrifices, keeping the temple together, the Day of Atonement, the, and the other traditions in the book of Leviticus, these saints are going to be assisting Jesus Christ in fulfilling prophecies, namely being to judge the world and to gather his children. If we read Isaiah chapter 40 verse 11 and chapter 11 verse 12. Their rules were also discussed in Luke chapter 22 from verses 28 to 30, for example where Jesus Christ had told them, Ye are they which have continued with me in my temptations. And I appoint out to you a kingdom, as my Father hath appointed out to me, that ye may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, and sit on thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel, representing everybody, of course, in these last days. In Isaiah chapter 32, verse 1, it states, A king shall reign in righteousness, and princes shall rule in judgment. What are those princes? Those are the saints who are going to be judging this world. And in Psalms chapter 149, from verses 5 to 9, David also going into some more extensive details on what the saints are going to be doing in these last days, had stated, Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth, and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishments upon the people, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetches of iron, to execute upon them the judgments written. This honor hath all his saints. Praise ye the Lord. Once again, Psalms chapter 149 from verses 5 to 9. The saints and Jesus Christ are going to be ruling with a rod of iron, 
If we read Psalms chapter 110, verse 2, and Revelation chapter 2, verse 27. It's very important indeed that we keep all of this in mind. So the saints are going to be assisting Jesus Christ, judging angels. If we read 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 3, and they have their own separate inheritance with Jesus Christ. If we read Romans chapter 8, verse 29, them being predestinated from the foundation of the world. If we read Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. If you also read 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verses 17 and 18. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 from verses 48 to 53. And many other places in the New Testament. It talks about the inheritance of the saints. They are going to be having a special living with Jesus Christ and God Almighty in heaven. But is that the only evidence that we are not going to heaven? Well, of course, that is not it. If we read Matthew chapter 5, verse 5, Jesus Christ had stated, Blessed are the meek, righteous ones of God, for they shall inherit the earth. In Psalm chapter 37 and verses 10 and 11, specifically verse 11, David the psalmist had stated, But the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 10, St. Paul was talking about people who will be guided by God both in heaven and in earth, meaning righteous ones of God who will be living here and will be living in heaven. It's very important that we understand this. In Isaiah chapter 57, verse 15, that verse does not mean that God is going to be living with the righteous ones of God, but it means righteous ones are, of God are very pricey to God, very precious to God the way God himself is, and they're going to be exalted the way God is. For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit, to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. I must once again say that does not mean Righteous ones of God are going to be living in heaven, but it means that they are going to be exalted. If we read Ezekiel chapter 21, verse 26, Haggai chapter 2, and verses 6, 7, and 9, Luke chapter 14, verse 11, Matthew chapter 23, verse 12, James chapter 4, and verses 6 and 10, First Peter chapter 5, verse 5, and many other places all over the Bible. If you also think that we can use Elijah, to explain how we're going to be going to heaven because Elijah went to heaven. Jesus Christ, who came down to this earth way after Elijah had apparently ascended to heaven, had stated, No man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. John chapter 3, verse 13. St. Peter also told us that David, a very popular patriarch of God, had not ascended up to heaven in Acts Chapter 2, verse 34. I hope I have now made it clear whether we are going to heaven or not. The answer to that question is no. But that isn't necessarily a disappointment. That's not necessarily a bad thing. God's system does not work like the systems of this world, where if you're a rich man, you're a rich man. You're a good man. If you're a poor man, you're a nobody. You're nobody, you're nobody. It doesn't really matter how good you are. It doesn't matter what made you that. You're that, and you're that. That's where it ends. That's the human system. 
but God's system, a righteous man here and a righteous man there, are both good. They're both loved. After all, the saints were redeemed from among men. If we read Revelation chapter 14, verse 4, they're not these fantastic magicians or something. No. After all, you saw the disciples. They weren't these magicians or fantastic people. But God still makes them special. They are still special because they have this specialty. They're closer to God than the rest of his righteous ones. But a righteous man will be content with the position that he has because he knows and he believes that God still loves me because I love him. And of course, God does not resist the humble. He resists the proud, of course, but he gives grace unto the humble. If we read James chapter 4, verse 10, and I choose to talk no further on the subject, will you go to heaven? To conclude this episode, we are once again going to hear a tune that some of us might enjoy. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed this video. Hope you learned something most importantly. Please try to subscribe, click the notification bell, and share this video to well-wishers, relatives, friends, etc. who are also willing to understand and also have an idea on whether they're going to be going to heaven or not. Thank you for listening. Oh, one more thing. If you like what you heard today, feel free to share a message at https colon double slash anchor.fm slash it pays to fear god slash message once again that's https colon double slash anchor.fm slash it pays to fear god slash message hope to hear your wonderful feedback